I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. So how old do you think I am? Mm. Don't try to flatter me. There's, there's there's, never a good answer to that question, <laughs> Isabella. I mean, just don't ask it. I am 7,000 years old. <laughs> I like or however old she is. I think she's like 70 or something. Yeah, 70 still. something. What, what did she guess first? And she's just like, what? How dare you guess? I think I'm like, like 30 38? Oh, I mean, uh, 28. Uh, 37. They're 20, 22. 20, 20, 20. It's great. <laughs> great role for her. It's like, uh, what are you going to oh, yeah. She's one of those actresses is like, what do you use her in? But she's great in this. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, it makes sense that she was like David Lynch's yeah. muse for yeah. a long time because like they're both kind of like quirky and strange mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. unique. This but it's the... like you don't cast her as as like suburban soccer mom. No, you know? like she's not going to she's not going to get she get, was good on 30 Rock, but it was such a like strange role. I love her. <laughs> in 30 so Rock. Good. Oh, my damn big... you, Frank, you know, I love my big beefy shit. <laughs> <laughs> not the Arby's. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they should have brought My her back My sister more. and I will just randomly blurt that out <laughs> at strange times. I don't know why it just makes us it's laugh It's one so of hard. the most quotable TV shows, I swear. <laughs> There's so, so many good. one-liners. <laughs> so good. She she should do the Arby's commercials she now. She should. Yeah. If Arby's, we have the meats. <laughs> Great. We have the meats. <laughs> we have the meats. Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't Lauren Bacall do Arby's commercials for a while? That sounds right, now that you say it, yeah. So random. She yeah. did, like, everything, like, t- Tuesday morning, High Point Coffee. Yeah. She was just a slasher a whore for a dollar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. She sure did a slasher. <laughs> or, I guess, not technically a slasher, but, you know, in the realm it's of slasher. It's a thriller. Yes, a psychological thriller. Very psychological thriller. <laughs> they always Very like prestige, say. yeah. Very it does much have a musical number in it. It has, like this mu- one does. Yes, it has yeah. musical numbers. How could it not be a prestige <laughs> film with a musical number? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's yes. uh, you're right. This is like the era of the Twin Peaks and uh, you know all the David Lynch stuff and uh, a lot of these macabre satirical dark comedies. You know, like Elvira mm-hmm. and Witches of Eastwick and She Devil and adam's family and uh serial mom and to die for batman returns even to some degree yeah it's a interesting time i wouldn't mind going back to that you know it's a fun little lineup wasn't it like everyone's like late 80s mid 90s yeah like you know there was some good stuff in there stop and break it down there's some really goodies yeah there's some lovely stuff just stuff that like you probably couldn't get away with today because people don't really understand satire oh, and uh they think it was just no. being offensive to i don't know rich starlets in this well, movie i don't know <laughs> because you see it's about two women that are fighting over oh, right. a man. over a man yeah. even though they give up How on them that, like halfway through the movie like, well nobody really cares i also think clearly with the, the way they style Bruce Willis in this movie, it's supposed to be funny that yeah. they're fighting over this dweeb of, of a guy. He's a putz. He's just like a sad sack. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. He's, he's this like uh, self-righteous putz who, you know, yeah. later on in the movie thinks that all this is just happening to him. Like, this is all his story. And like, mm-hmm. oh, this is God has sent me this divine 
you know, sign to be with this woman now yeah. because of this. And it's like, this is not all about you, dude. Like, <laughs> and he's like, and he, of course he has well, this like Dr. Frankenstein kind of complex thing too. But yeah, I do think in the original script and the original tested version, he really, really was kind of more of the lead. Mm, yeah. And they took out an entire subplot with him and Tracy Ullman, who like, I think yeah. was a bartender that he met I and they kind of have that. a thing. Yeah. And then at the end, like, they fake his death and run away. Yeah. And it was, like, a whole thing. Like, it would have been probably, like, 20, 30 minutes worth of extra stuff. Yeah, we didn't need that. I I don't need that. You really don't. Like, everyone's like, release the original cut. Find it. I'm like, it would be fun as a bonus feature. But I think it works great the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think it keeps the focus on them, you know, in Mm -hmm. the end. And ultimately, that's why, like, Bruce is good in this movie. But ultimately, you're not watching this movie for him for the most part. You know, it's mostly about the two women here. It's not a Bruce Willis picture. No. It's, it's a Goldie and Merrill picture. It's not Die Hard, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel very unprepared Are you for trying to say yeah? <laughs> I'm having a stroke right now. It's fine. <laughs> okay, well, just remember, evil dies tonight, evil, and we'll be fine. Evil dies, evil dies, evil dies, evil dies tonight. Okay. Actually, it does It does not die tonight. It is resurrected, resurrected. and it stays alive. Uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, some maintenance involved, but, you know. Uh, yes got to get that spray paint got to get that spray paint <laughs> i love her face yeah. when he's explaining that to her at the bar and she's just like <laughs> what the fuck is this guy talking about <laughs> just did a wonderful job on my aunt esther <laughs> what'd you use <laughs> oh you know just spray paint <laughs> <laughs> so <good>. excuse me <laughs> mary ellen trainer oh, who right, was right. married to robert zemeckis was in the monster squad yeah. his uh his first episode of Tales from the Crypt. This yeah. this movie has kind of a Tales from, from oh, the Crypt absolutely. vibe. Like a big yeah. feature length. Like, because even at the end, where they're just in pieces, yeah. it reminds me of that, um, what was that episode? I think it was called, like, Cutting Cards, mm-hmm. where it's like, they're they, by the end of it, they're just a bunch of pieces. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so funny. The, like, the gambling one, and, yeah, and they keep cutting off yeah, limbs and everything. Yeah, yeah that's good, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so it's got that same vibe, it which does. I like. Which if if they had kept the original ending, it would not have. No. So, this is like one of the few films where I can say a test screening actually helped a movie. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He still gets it's like better. a happy ending to some degree. You know, he still. Yeah. We just don't he, need to see does. it. You know, it's like he yeah, he runs exactly. off and he goes and has the rest of his life. And I love mm-hmm. the whole like speed. <laughs> The, the very end it's like where they give the whole speech about like how like oh he he found the, the the meaning of life and like this is how you live forever and they're just like all right done well it's <laughs> like i love the hesitation where you think they're about, about to have to like change. some sort of yeah. big yeah. change of heart like this big dramatic yeah. hollywood movie right. epiphany and be like you know what you're right it's time we stop doing this yeah and and blah, then they just blah, blah, hold blah, and they go blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> Like, what a great ending. It's kind of like the end of um, Young Adult. Like, how you think, oh, maybe yes, she's going to learn something. Yeah, and nope. <laughs> You're good here. You're good. It's just like a stab in the heart. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, it's just never going to change. <laughs> it's, you got you to gotta appreciate is, people oh. who, like, commit to the bit, I guess, you know. And I love it. Just decide that this is if who, more this is who they are. would do you know? that. Yeah. Because it's like, because you're even taught in, like, screenwriting 101, every character needs to have some big arc. Yeah. So but it's like if you if you look at a movie like say Back to the Future, yeah. what is Marty's arc? <laughs> like true. how does he, he really, really change? change <laughs> he just goes through a bunch of shit, but he's constantly doing stuff, so he's still an an, an, an active character. Yeah, yeah. 
but he doesn't have like something like, well, now that I went back in time, I realized I should have been nicer to my brother and sister. Like, it's not like that. It's just he's like, I'm back. Yay. I got it done. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, so it's like it can work. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Which just is make them interesting. another Zemeckis movie. Fine. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Go Zemeckis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yay Zemeckis. It's true. Yeah, he he learns what like that his family was strange. That's about like I don't know like and that you know there were always I don't know weird things in the fifties just like there are in the eighties. That's about all you know really. It's I don't like know. he should have known that before. Yeah, I'm like I'm yeah. sorry, Marty. Like, yeah. Yeah. come on, Marty McFly. A little slow on the uptake. Yeah, and he never like calms his temper for like the entire trilogy. Mm. So you know, uh, if whatever. they remade it now, they would probably do that. Like he oh, learned probably. how he to learned deal with his anger management. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> they would do it. Yeah, you're right. This has like Tales from the Crypt vibes and like William Castle vibes, and uh, which makes sense. Oh yeah, because he's Definitely. the Dark Castle guy, along with you know the other two that mm-hmm. did it, and uh, Universal Monster movie vibes with the Frankenstein yeah. stuff and everything else. It's, it's got a lot of good stuff thrown into here. Um, through like, like the yeah. stuff in in the hospital kind of reminds me of like Nine to Five a bit. Sure. Like that, yeah. That whole scene in there where yeah. like they're you know with Sydney trying to Pollock. get yeah. get the corpse on the gurney. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just like this great sort of gallows humor yeah absolutely yeah and it's also this just giant hollywood satire right about these uh, Mm -hmm. actresses trying to stay beautiful forever and the lengths they will go to and it's more about looking pretty on the outside than you know being a good person because that's just hollywood in general you know uh no and just they're humanitarians yeah and the fact that like you know Anytime an actress turns like 40, it's like, let's toss them off. We're, we don't have anything to do with her anymore until <laughs> yeah, she's like 80. Really? And then maybe we'll use her again. <laughs> it's like, excuse me. She was in Songbird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The greatest Broadway musical of all time. <laughs> she deserves. They made that into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> a musical version of Sweet Bird of Youth. <laughs> what? Madeline Hashton, talk about waking the dead. Yes. <laughs> Was Goldie but Hawn. the musical number is delightful. Like, I love if this. The... Was on Broadway right now. I'd be like, "This is a masterpiece." Donies for it, everyone. It would play like a day, but it's it's great. You know, it would. I love the disco break. That's the best. <laughs> it's 1978. You know, uh, John Carpenter's yeah. out there some some somewhere. You know, it's a uh, it's. Great. I feel like it's making fun of like that sort of like um like the, those musicals in the 70s that were like all glitzy. Oh yeah. And they usually had like a big a, a big star, like some something like Woman of the Year Woman of the with Year, Lauren Bacall. They're playing you know? our song and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 just glitzy, a little bit of rock infused in there occasionally, mm-hmm. maybe, and mm-hmm. disco, of course. Yeah, d- disco. To bring in the kids. Everything was disco from yeah for that like even three Ethel Merman had a disco even, album even for God's sake. Merman, yeah. Come what a time! On. What a time! Uh, uh, I'm glad we live in a world where where that exists. Yeah. There's a fucking Ethel Merman disco, disco album. album. Someone thought that was a great idea. I'm like, <laughs> it was. It was a wonderful idea. Promotions all around. And then Reagan had to come and ruin everything like Republicans God always do. God damn it, do. Reagan. Yeah. Bald, overweight Republicans ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what they do to them in prison, Ernest? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of them. Um, Goldie Hawn's quote from First Wives Club. Uh, what did she say? Like, there are only three ages for women in Hollywood. Babe, district, oh, yeah. district, Babe, district, district attorney, attorney, and driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's true, yeah. It's, it's like Goldie Hawn actually went on to play kind of a similar role. Actually, kind of more of the 
street role in this. Yeah, true. Of. Yeah, it, it's almost like they switched parts. They did, and like Meryl was kind of this role in She Devil, but like mm-hmm. different to some degree because she was because uh, Goldie is yeah has is more the author in this one, so it's different. But yeah, yeah, it's like they're different people at the beginning of the movie than they are like you know right a little bit later. So there's that, but yeah. I did hear a story where when Meryl was offered this, she assumed she would be playing Goldie's part and okay. Goldie would be playing her part because Goldie was like more known for like the music and yeah. dancing and stuff. Sure. Cause you know, she, she was on laughing and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then they're, they're like, no, we want her to play this part and you to play that part. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, interesting. Okay. Because Meryl never turns down a chance to sing, as we've seen in the as past we've... decade or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, ever since Mama, Mama, Mama Mia, she's yeah. like, if there's a role for me in your movie musical, yeah. by golly, I'm going to be in it. It's true. You need me to be a witch? I'll do it, you know? She's like, yes. Yeah, she's it. got that, like... I mean, it's it's like she's just impersonating Streisand in this one. It's it's just her like the, the vowels that she uses and everything what else. Do I see? What do I see? You Much know? more than a reflection. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I never. Yeah, thought it's about very that. Streisand adjacent here. Because <laughs> she's just like singing a song about herself yeah. to herself in the mirror. <laughs> Don't we all? Nothing Streisand's not doing right now in yeah. her mall. Right. Right. Exactly. By the frozen yogurt machine, she's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's singing true. into her gr- Grammys and Oscars. It's true. Um. All right, folks. Well, what do you need to know about this movie? There's, you know, it's yeah. it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, like we said, who's done a lot Ooh, of great stuff. You know, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, What Lies Beneath. Uh. Well, those are the those are the best ones, <laughs> and this movie, I mean, and then you know, Romancing can you the Stone. Mention a good movie that he's made because those are terrible. Yeah, those are movies. terrible. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> They're terrible. Oh wow. Romancing the Stone, that, that's pretty good. I haven't seen that forever. Oh, that's a good one. Um, it's good. really, I think I rewatched it like uh, two, three years yeah. ago. It's hard to, you know, keep track these days. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is really held up well. I'll it's bump lovely. it up. I'll bump it up. It's. It, I'm sure it's better yeah. than Forrest Gump, so there's that, you know. Bump but, it up the queue. Yeah. Uh, written by Martin Donovan, who hasn't done a whole lot else. He did a movie called Apartment Zero. And then David Cope. That's an interesting one. I've heard of that. Yeah, I have not seen it, but yes, I've heard things about it. uh, Mm. Colin Firth and Hart Bachner. Mm. Oh, my God. I love Hart Bachner. Who doesn't? He's lovely. Yeah. And then David Coop, who's done, like, everything. Everything. uh, Jurassic Park, (laughs) Mission Impossible, Stir of Echoes. He directed that one, too, of course. course, And uh, so many indies I've never heard of. Um, Panic Room. What is that? I I believe I saw that. Panic Room. At Sundance, yeah. It's <laughs> so obscure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, music score by Alan Silvestri, who's also done a million I things. I love him. Yeah, pretty much everything Bob Zemeckis has done. Pretty much everything. Done. Yep, yep. Uh, technologically complex film. Uh, you know, it represented a major advancement in the use of computer-generated effects, which they then used for Jurassic Park. So anyone who likes Jurassic Park can thank Death Becomes Her for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just like to point out, how is the CGI in this better than most of the CGI these days? I know. It still looks like, pretty to good. Me, it looks better. It looks, yeah, yeah pretty solid. It's, yeah, I don't know how they, they managed that, but it's still, yeah. I don't get it. It's like the, there was that period in the early 2000s when people were just discovering CGI and like anything you watch from that period just looks terrible. And then it seemed like it was slowly oh, yeah. getting better. And now it just seems like it's hit a wall. Like I, I for some reason, I sat through like mm-hmm. um, Godzilla versus Kong or whatever. And it still looks the same yeah. as it did like a decade ago. There's nothing better. Nothing has improved with this. Yeah. It's know? not going to get better. No. I don't think it's getting better. No. 
I mean, they can do this weird, like, face-swapping stuff now, but, like, the CGI, like, monsters and stuff don't look any better than, you know? No, no. I don't know. Not at all. Um, uh, Apparently, there were a fair number of mishaps on this set. Uh, There was a scene where Helen and Madeline were battling with Shovel, and Shovels and Streep accidentally cut Goldie Hawn's face and uh, left a (gasps) faint scar, apparently. That was not an accident. Yeah. If you know Meryl, <laughs> you know she don't give her a shovel. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, this is really kind of 90s whatever happened to Baby Jane here, you know? Uh, oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Streep didn't really like working on things with hev- heavy special effects, which, all right, whatever. Um, yeah. It's a big war. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know. Uh, pfft, shot entirely Los Angeles. Lots of locations in the movie. I'm not going to get into those. Uh, we already talked about how there's a theatrical version, and then there's the rough cut where they um, some stuff's different in there. We don't need to get into that. Uh, it opened number one at the box office. Good for it. Ooh. July 31st, 1992. Um, kind of Big a weird summer movie. Yeah, kind of a yeah interesting summer movie here. But uh, uh, it beat out Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Baby's Kids. Uh, I remember Baby's Kids. Oh. Remember that movie? What the fuck is that? I've never heard of it. It's an animated that. movie. I used to watch it as a kid, actually. No. It's like an animated movie, but it's not that. for kids, really. It's interesting. But oh. anyway. Uh, interesting. Mixed reviews from critics. Who needs them? <laughs> really? Oh, I mean, throw them out with the garbage. Like yesterday's mashed potatoes. Yeah. <sighs> they say, uh, well, I don't really care what they say. Um, and Cisco Niebuhr gave it thumbs down. So we're done with them at this point. Oh, and, you uh, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Um, here's something oh, good. Let's just so pick bitter towards them. Yeah, I'm just gonna cherry pick because I only care about the good ones here. Uh, uh Chicago yes. Tribune says insistently grotesque, relentlessly uh, misanthropic, and spectacular tasteless. Death Becomes Her isn't a film designed to win the hearts of the mass movie-going public, but it is diabolically inventive and very, very funny. There you go. That's a good review. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Someone... Misanthropic. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> That someone knows their big boy and big. girl words. <laughs> Pull out your dictionary. Well, someone's got a big vocabulary, but a little dictionary. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Hollywood Porter reporter, they were like, "Oh, the effects are awesome, um, if occasionally too gruesome." Which, whatever. Why are they acting like this is like a blood splatter movie? (laughs) Yeah, it's really not. Like, what? Gruesome? This could play uncut on TV. What's gruesome about it? There's barely any blood in it at all. Like, uh, the bloodiest scene is probably where she gets out of the the pool and, like, the water is red. Like, that's about the the hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, It it won an Academy Award there for Best Visual Effects, Uh though. I remember that, yes. Suck it. I remember the DVD being really bad quality too, and they talked about Horrible. this on here. And then they find we finally full got a screen, Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, yeah, full screen. And then, it yeah. took forever. Yeah, because yeah. I think they put the DVD out pretty soon after DVDs were like a thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it had been re- released for forever, but it was just like the same transfer that they used for the tape. Yeah. So it, it wasn't very special. Yeah. And it wasn't until like what, like maybe four years ago that we got a yeah, like Blu-ray. Twenty six sixteen, I think. Yeah. So yeah, pretty. Yeah, pretty that's recently. nuts. It's crazy. The first time I saw this movie was actually on um, one of I think like one of the first dates I ever went on, which was interesting. Um, I didn't see it as a kid for some reason. Just one of those movies just I missed somehow, and then I finally saw it, and I was like, "Where has this mm-hmm. been like my entire childhood?" Because <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Oh, that, I like that. Yeah, because yeah. th- this does seem to be one that was more like a 
I saw it as a kid yeah. and now I lo- love it. So yeah. no, it's, yeah, you don't yeah, usually yeah. hear many pe- people that are like, I discovered it later and right, I yeah. still loved it. Yeah, yeah. I was probably 15, 16 or so. Yeah. Dunno. Um, it's wild. It's got a huge queer following in particular. I mean, there's uh, Vanity Fair did this whole like article a couple years ago. It's called The Gloriously Queer Afterlife of Death Becomes Her. Um, they call it a <laughs> gay cult classic and a touchstone of the queer community. Um, Indeed. Yeah, they, 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 I mean, it comes up a lot on RuPaul's Drag Race and everything else. So it really is just this thing has been um, yeah, a big influence within you know uh, the LGBTQ plus LMNOP community here. Well, and for good reason. Yeah. I mean, you got two fantastic actresses at the right. peak of their their powers yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, we see people talk talk about it a lot. You know how you can maybe have one strong woman in a movie, right? But that's rare. Yeah. But to have two, I mean, really three, if yeah. you include I- I- Isabella. Isabella. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You know, this is a very female dominated film, and yeah. that's still pretty rare. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And they're uh, assertive women too, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, know what they want, and they're willing to do anything to get it. Very cutthroat, which was again a very yes. early '90s thing for some reason, like with all these erotic thrillers mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, yeah, yeah the cutthroat ladies, the cutthroat ladies. Uh, we love them, so you know. <laughs> we sure do. We appreciate a cutthroat lady. <laughs> yeah, she'll do whatever she needs to to get ahead. Um, Those cutthroat ladies. <laughs> And uh, I got. I've been hearing things about a musical for a while now. That I know they casted they cast Kristen Chenoweth back in like 2017, but they never heard anything about mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, we'll see. Yeah, when that. Yeah, I never comes. knew which role she was supposed to be playing. Me neither. Yeah. Is she just gonna play both? Yeah, maybe. Because that would be a trick. <laughs> I mean, I might see it still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I see me and me. And like me, that would be really interesting. It's like that uh, girl from 14G or whatever song she does on the album, where it's just oh, this yeah. very manic, all over the place <laughs> song. It's yeah. <laughs> I could see it. I mean, I, I am wondering who she would play, though. I mean, I think because yeah. she's been attached to like 50,000 projects that never got off the ground. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And who's, don't know. who's doing the score? Like, I didn't even hear. Like, I don't even remember. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I wanted to say maybe it was Mark Shaman, but maybe that's wrong. See, he would know. be good. Potentially. He would be a great choice. Yeah. Him or like maybe Andrew Lippa, although I didn't like Andrew Lippa's Adam's Family musical much. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh I just don't know. I mean, I think it's material that could sing. I think so. It's not the worst choice. For I mean, a there's an opening musical number already. Like that, you just yeah. gotta get the rights to, and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, even change it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it would work out for the most part. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Forty years from now, we'll finally see it. We uh, when we're watching uh, Halloween h 20 20 40 or whatever it is yeah 20 yeah. halloween shady pines yeah lori's still running for michael oh, no. but this time she's got activia <laughs> so uh, and i'll be there her bowels are clear and she's ready to run <laughs> and so are her lungs and so are her lungs yes <laughs> okay what is happening in this movie well, there there is an awful lot, but let's take it back to 1978, mm, where there flashback. is a big production on Broadway, the mm-hmm. Broadway, of a musical version of Sweet Bird of Youth called Songbird. <laughs> I believe there's an exclamation point in the title. I too, believe I there was, yes. Isn't there? Yes. <laughs> Songbird! 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 <laughs> Starring Liza Benelli. Stars. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> That'd be great. I she, me, and mama. <laughs> Mama would love this number. 
And it's starring a lovely lass named Madeline Ashton. What a name. That, that has who, to be a stage name. Like, come on. Like, what is so her real beautiful. name? Like, come on. That has to be a stage like name. Debbie uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> one, uh, again, one of the Clerflurgans. Cl- whole up names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she is the star of this show that is being seen by Helen Sharp and mm-hmm. her fiance, Dr. Ernest Menville, a plastic surgeon. Yes. And... For some reason, which I will never understand, this opening number is made out to be this horrible song and this terrible (laughs) flop that's horribly performed. What I see on that stage is talent and commitment, goddammit. Me too. And that is in short supply these days on the Broadway. So I suggest they mount this show, (laughs) Songbird, immediately. Yes. Because it's wonderful. And Ernest agrees. No one else does because everyone's just walking out and being like, this is terrible. Right. And he's just like, whoa, this is great. But he's like the, Rod- he's like the Roger Ebert it. where like, does he like the show or does he just like it because, you know, there's a, there's a hot woman, I woman think, in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> he might be the Roger Ebert of Broadway at <laughs> really? this particular moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Helen decides to go backstage to see Madeline because they're old acquaintances slash friends frenemies of sorts and they lovingly refer to each other as mad hell and it seems madeline's a little insecure you know she's kind of practicing her plastic surgery in her mirror with Mm -hmm. her little wrinkled wrinkled little star see the scar um which i have on a t-shirt and um (laughs) because i'm a total nerd (laughs) and um Ernest comes in and is immediately just taken with Madeline. Madeline realizes this and immediately gravitates towards him, kind of shutting out Helen. Yes, they had this very codependent and relationship, and you bad. get the sense that this has happened many times in their past, and mm-hmm. that she's taken Stolen many men, many men before. And uh, again, it yes. is very like whatever happened to you know Baby Jane here. I mean, the the, the mm-hmm. relationship dynamics are very similar in terms of like yeah. Well, yeah, because see. Madeline's very flashy and very gorgeous and glamorous, but Helen's kind of frumpy, you know, she's sort of dresses down, her hairstyle's not very attractive, you know. And so, of course, Ernest is lured away by this glamorous goddess, Madeline, and they get married. It's it's almost like uh, Helen knew this was going to happen because she's like, I have to put you through Mm -hmm. this test. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't have to introduce him to him at all, like to her at all. I just had to see if you could pass the Madeline Ashton test. It's like you could have just not introduced him to her at all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, listen, what's going on in, in the mind of Miss Helen? Yeah. I will never know. I think she's a because self-sabotager. It, it, um, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think that's why she was a self-sabotager until she got this potion and then she yeah. got her life together. Yeah. And look at her now. Yes. I mean, my goodness. But before that. <laughs> the, she, the iconic you know, institution scene here. Yeah. There is a big flash of years yes. and Helen has ballooned in her yeah. weight because apparently all she does is stay home with her cats, her thousand <laughs> cats, and eats frosting out of the can. And as watches one does. these horrible bad thrillers with Madeline just Starring being Starring Madeline Ashton. <laughs> and she just <laughs> rewinds it. And she gets evicted from her apartment mm-hmm. and put into a mental hospital yeah. where all she talks about is madeline ashton much to the chagrin of everybody this around this has her. been memed many times thankfully because it's a great <laughs> scene yeah. I, like I just love the lady who is like chewing on her blanket and yeah. she has like this weird like she like starts like rocking back and forth <laughs> it's so, good. so weird 
<laughs> and the lady that's like, stop, stop it. <laughs> so great. And um, the doctor is is just like, you have got to erase her from your mind. You have to completely eliminate. And she's like, you're right. And she's like, what? I wasn't done. And she's like, no, you're absolutely right. I have to eliminate her. And then it flashes forward like another 30 fucking years. Like or seven years. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this movie is like an epic. And... We are at Madeline and Ernest's palatial estate Mm -hmm. in Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. um, where you never even see a neighbor. And Madeline has a maid who she forces to um, tell her that she looks beautiful every morning and all this stuff. And she gets an invite to a book party thrown by Helen about her new book. And she's like, oh, this should be fun. Because the yeah. last time I saw her, she was she, she was huge and all this stuff. Forever young and but eternally fat. <laughs> eternally fat. So good. And Ernest has taken to drinking. He's a bit of a lush now. And he's no longer a plastic surgeon. He is a mortician. So he took quite a leap. Oh, there's that great um, scene where they bring in the, the, the dead actor. And uh, they're like... <laughs> He's like, well, I need to give this person some character and depth. And they're like, you can't give him character and depth. People won't recognize him. <laughs> so good. It's so great. And um, and Madeline decides that even though the last time she saw Helen, she was in, um, you know, quite a state. Mm-hmm. She still wants to look nice for the book party. So she goes to her, I guess, like. beautician spa beautician Um, place yeah it's yeah played by michelle johnson from waxwork who Mm, i love who doesn't seem to do much these days and she's like pretending to be like this like french assistant Mm -hmm. and madeline's just like i don't want a collagen buff i don't want makeup (laughs) because makeup is pointless nothing works anymore and stuff you may as well tell me to wash with soap and water (laughs) You just stand there with your 22-year-old skin and your tits like rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Chagall, the mysterious owner of this place, mm-hmm. just randomly shows up on the couch. You're like, how the hell did he get in here? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think I could help you. Have you heard of this woman named Liesel von Rumen? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, here's her card. Go and see her. She's like a very special person. And she's like, okay, sure. But she's like, this guy is probably a weirdo. And she just like rips it up and puts it in her purse. And they go to the book party. Mm -hmm. Um, And before that, they're in the limo, which has one of my favorite lines where Ernest is just like. (sighs) And she's like, could you just not (laughs) breathe? Could you just not breathe? I also like the one where, um, is, is it Helen who says it? Where she's like, my PR person said that Madeline Ashton goes to the opening of an envelope. Yeah. Those people can be so cruel. So cruel. I fired her. Well, I almost fired her. <laughs> <laughs> and they get to this party and Helen is looking on point. I mean, yeah. she looks gorgeous. Yeah. She's, she's got this flame red hair now, this great makeup. She's really thin and is in this great red dress. And yeah. Madeline's like, we're leaving. And Ernest is like, let's stay a minute. Because he's like, oh, what did I give up here? You know, because, of course, his marriage with Madeline is like nothing. Yeah. Now she just insults him the in- entire time. Yeah. And, you know, he confesses to her that, like, he feels like he might have made a mistake. And. Mm-hmm. 
Helen's like, yeah, maybe you did. You know, it seems like you're not in love with her anymore and stuff. And kind of planting the seed that maybe they want to get back together. It's fun. Yeah. She uh, kind of manipulates them both a little bit where she's like, you know, it's mm. oh, it's not his fault. that or, yeah, it's, it's his fault that, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're not friends. But then she says the exact opposite. It wasn't you. To the other one. So it was him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? She's a woman from Newark, for God's sake. <laughs> Every line in this movie is it's great. It's good. It's good. And um, and Madeline sneaks out at night to go see her lover Dakota, Dakota. who's like in his twenties, and yep. he's like this himbo guy. Mm-hmm. And she gets there, and she's like, "Something's wrong." And he's like, "Nothing's wrong." And she's like, "There's someone here." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No." And then she sees this naked girl like walking behind him, and she, and she's like, "Oh, you make me feel cheap." <laughs> And he's like, did you know that people think we're ridiculous together? How do you think that makes me feel and stuff? And Go so find someone just, your own age, Madeline. Horrible place. <laughs> and then like it like just starts pouring rain <laughs> on her. <laughs> it's, like a sh- it's like they just turn on a shower nozzle. It just goes... <laughs> and she's just driving in the rain like a maniac, just swerving. Yeah. And then she tries to put herself together and looks through her purse for her makeup and sees this business card. And she's like, well, maybe I should go see this Liesl lady. And when she is driving there, Helen shows up at Ernest and Madeline's house Mm -hmm. and starts to tell him this plan of what they could do to get Madeline out of their lives and go be happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's thinking that they could, they, they could drug her at dinner and then, like, drench her in alcohol and put all these bottles of alcohol in her car and send it over a cliff, and yeah, they'll he, just think she's another drunk driver. It's true. He puts up like a little bit of a fight, and then he, but then he doesn't totally rule out the idea either. You know, he's 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 open to this because he's put up with quite a bit of shit, at least in his mind, oh, yeah. for you know fourteen exactly. years here, however much time, yeah. And so Madeline's going to see Liesl, who lives in this crazy castle, like this <laughs> manor. Some, yeah, Rocky Horror somewhere. castle here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she has these, like, random, like, semi-shirtless, like, man slaves and stuff. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine dogs. why this movie has, like, a gay following at all, right? You know? <laughs> I have no idea. It is a very heterosexual film um, for the family. Yes. And... Liesl, played by Isabella Rose Roselini, is this goddess woman with this amazing bob mm-hmm. haircut mm-hmm. and just this blouse that is just like a bunch of jewels and like necklaces. Yeah. It's just, it's very sexy. Kind of tribal-ish. Yeah. yeah. Like very high-end high tribal. It's interesting. Yeah. It's fucking hot. Yeah. Like as yeah. a gay man, I have sure. to say, it's sure. fucking hot. She pulls it off, yeah. And, and she's like, yeah, so... You're here because you're scared of aging and stuff, but I have what it takes to um, help you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how old do you think I am? And she starts to, you know, guess like we <laughs> talk, talked about. Yeah. And she tells her, no, I'm actually like 70 something year, 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 years old. That's yeah. what this potion does. It stops the aging process. And she's like, oh, my God. And so she actually dips a knife into the potion and stabs Ma- Madeline's hand and her hand goes back to the way it was when she was in her 20s and she's like oh my god I'm sold yeah but how much she's is like it? check check okay yes <laughs> yeah at first she's like well I'm not gonna you know buy this because that that you're just trying to rip me off here but then when she sees it yeah you know, like you said it's like it comes out there and and she makes of course a little bit of a spiel but oh this is against the natural law and she's like oh screw the natural law screw the natural law <laughs> I followed a spring 
I haven't seen an autumn or winter in years. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, I'll take this po- potion. And she chugs it. And then Isabel is like, now a warning. And Madeline's like, now, now a, warning? a warning? That's another meme-worthy moment, yeah. <laughs> and and she puts this this little, like, pin on her on her blouse mm-hmm. and is like, Simple viva! Live forever. Like, you and your body are going to be together for a long time, so make sure you take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't do anything crazy. Yeah. And after a few years' time, you might need to consider, like, faking your death yeah. or just re- re- retiring completely. Right. And it's implied that maybe, like, Greta Garbo might have t- taken mm-hmm. the potion mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And Madeline's a- a- about to leave. And she looks in the mirror and she's like, nothing's really happened yet. And then all of a sudden, her boobs start locking in place. Mm-hmm. They start rising up <laughs> and locking. Great. And locking her butt popping. gets all tight. Yep. And her skin is just miraculous. And her, her hair is fuller. And she just looks like a trillion bucks, which is probably yep. what the potion cost. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I'm a girl. <laughs> And just dallies off to her mansion where she has no idea that Ernest is now basically plotting her murder. Mm-hmm. And she changes and starts admiring herself a bit. And Ernest shows up and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore. And she's like, what? I don't need you anymore. I'm hot. And she keeps just poking the bear and starts to talk about how he's flaccid. Flaccid. And flaccid. <laughs> flaccid. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not taking it any longer. And then he pushes her and she almost falls down the stairs. And mm-hmm. she's like, help me. And he's help like, me. and he considers. He's like, should I help help her? And then he's like, nah. And just pushes her down the stairs. <laughs> and the most she, like over dramatic. Oh my God. Yeah, just falling. <laughs> she won her neck goes crack. It's great. Yeah. Everything goes crack. Yeah. And she lands plop on on the landing yeah and he's like oh shit and he calls helen and he's like i did it and she's like you did what it's like i did it and she's like what part what? of our plan was unclear exactly, exactly which part yeah it's <laughs> it's like you know the police could trace the call uh, <laughs> and see that you called me first yeah and as he's talking to her madeline starts getting up behind him and like twitching like an asian ghost movie creature yeah and coming towards him and she like she's like Ernest and he's like what he's like you pushed me down the stairs and he's like ah and her head is like completely twisted on the wrong side of her body and she doesn't seem to understand this see my ass and he's like there's also something really wrong with your neck and she's like oh my god we'll fix it mm-hmm. and he's like i don't know how to and so she twists her own neck around to the place <laughs> where it's supposed to be she's like i need to see a doctor yeah. so they go to the hospital where Sidney pollock is a mm-hmm. doctor never a good sign when he shows up <laughs> yeah. as a doctor because you're like he is up to some tomfoolery yeah. it's about to get there's gonna be some shenanigans mm-hmm. And he's like, so what exactly is wrong? And she's like, I fell down the stairs. And he starts trying to take her pulse and heartbeat. He's like, this is weird. Like, you're, you you have no pulse. You have no heartbeat. Um, you're really cold. And he's like, I think she's dead. Um, I'm going to go get a second opinion. <laughs> and then they're like, where did he go? And Madeline's kind of like, wait, what's happening? Like, I can't be dead. This is weird. And he's like, and Ernest is like, no, you're you're like you're you're like a freak you're like (laughs) you're like a zombie now and she's and she just passes out because she's just so 
distraught. And he goes to try and find the doctor, and he sees that the the doctor has had a heart attack because of what he's just <laughs> seen. <laughs> they're like he's like, where are all the doctors? And they're all just in this room t- yeah. trying to resuscitate. <laughs> and he goes back into Madeline's room, and Madeline's gone. And he's like, what the fuck? And this nurse is like, I'm so sorry, sir. We took her to the morgue. And he's like, no, the, the morgue. morgue. <laughs> She'll be furious. <laughs> And that's when he goes down to the morgue and he sees like those levitating nuns, which is so weird. Yeah. Weird. I've always wondered what that was about. It's I, such I a don't... weird thing. It, yeah. It's like, is this half of like a like Nightmare on Elm Street 3? Like, what, what is that? It's about? a little strange. And this is where he decides that like, oh, he has been divinely chosen to yeah. stay in this relationship or whatever. Again, the whole world revolves around this dude, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah. And so he decides, like, okay, let's stay together. Um, you're clearly some sort of gift from God. Mm-hmm. You're an omen. You're a burning bush. Mm-hmm. And he decides that he is going to repair her by y- using what he uses to repair the corpses at yeah. at work, which is spray paint. It's very, <laughs> so yeah, Doc- like... Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, it's like, I created yeah. this monster. Now I have to live with it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Helen shows up. And she's like, and she's got shovels and like all kinds of tarps and stuff. And she's like, okay, so where is she? And he's like, what? It's like, well, she died, right? Like, let's go bury her in Death Valley. And he's like, oh, well, you see, <laughs> what happened was um, she's not really dead. And she's like, well, if she's not dead, come tell her to come down here and kiss me on the butt. And Madeline shows up, and she's I like, "Oh, so what are you? With her just what, are you like, what are you two? Um, you just see like her put her hand around like a pole, like like she oh, really is a monster. Yeah. yeah, it's great. She's like, it's, great. Yeah. it's so terrific. And she's like, so what are if you've been two plotting down here, or shall I say, what else? And Ernest is trying to calm her down, but she goes and get and gets a gun and yeah. blows Helen away into the pool, yeah. and. Ernest is like, no, oh god, this is bad. <laughs> She's just like, can you just and... let me like appreciate this for like one moment in my life in twelve years? You know, yeah, yeah. These are the moments that make life worth living. <laughs> it's like, what if the neighbors? It's like, like, have you ever seen a neighbor? In, in have Los you ever seen a neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> and so they put the tarp down and are about to bring her out of the water mm-hmm. when Helen pops out of the water by herself, drenching with water and has a big hole in her stomach and they're like oh shit it's It's great still looks realistic yeah it's it's brilliant yeah and she's like you shot me Mm -hmm. it's like yeah there's also something really wrong with your stomach and she's like oh my god i have a hole in my stomach Mm -hmm. and she gets really mad and they start to have a fight and Ernest is just like i don't have time for this so he just kind of like disappears yeah and they start fighting with these shovels and stuff. And there's just lots of great, like, physical comedy. Yeah. Like, the bit where she throws the sh- the sh- sh- shovel through, right through the hole yeah. in her stomach. And she's like, yes, no, damn. <laughs> On guard, bitch. <laughs> and then Helen gets the shovel and, like, smashes Madeline's head in. <laughs> like a freaking like wind up toy it's it's like a spring and then eventually they kind of make up and are like you know what we just need to bond and stick together and we can get Ernest to take the potion 
and therefore he'll be there to repair us for the rest of our lives. Yeah, you kind of get the sense that this is just like a normal Tuesday for their friendship. Like they probably had yeah. these kind of spats in the past, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, we're now we're gonna be friends again, and we'll be fighting again in ten well, years. But whatever. <laughs> they finally apologize for you know people stealing each other's boyfriends and yeah. opportunities. And, and uh, uh, so it's, Helen it's thought. Good. That Madeline was like cheap growing up, I guess, and yeah. there was that whole trailer trash type I was thing. Cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. So they decide to um, persuade er- Ernest into taking this potion, and he's like, "I don't want to do it." So they decide to drug him with one of his bloody Marys. But unfortunately, that day he decides to pack up and leave, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And yeah. he will not drink his drink. Like he keeps like tossing it around, and then he's like, "You know what?" I give up drinking and he empties it into a fucking potted plant. And they're like, that's it. They grab another plant and bash him on the head (laughs) and knock him out. And he wakes up at Liesel's castle Mm -hmm. with her just like swimming naked in the pool. And she's like, hello, Dr. Manville. There's this whole like party of who's who of Hollywood going on. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's like people who apparently died. Like I think Elvis is there and Mm -hmm. Jim Morrison's there. Mm -hmm. Like all these people who are supposed to be dead, but maybe they just took took the potion instead, Mm -hmm. you know, and have been living the high life. They got the handbook for the recently deceased in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so everyone's just yakking it up at the party. And Liesel's trying to persuade Ernest to take the potion. And she's like, you, you can live forever. And then he's like, and then what? And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, but like that, that sounds terrible. You know, you, you would see everybody that you love die and you, you just be forced to live forever. Like that sounds awful. He's like, I'm out. They're just so like, yeah, they're so clueless. They're like, I I never even thought about that. Like, you know, it's like, I'm just like, but I just want to live forever. Like, cause it's all about me. I don't understand. That's when I look good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so he tries to escape and they sick the dogs on him and stuff. And he's chased up to the top of the castle Mm -hmm. where he's like, eventually he's, he's like on, on the roof and he falls off and he's like attached to this like rain gutter thing. Mm -hmm. And Helen and Matt, Madeline are trying to save him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, listen, you have to drink the potion because if you fall, you're going to die. Going to die. So, mm-hmm. they, so he gets out the potion and he's about to drink it. And he's just like, nope. And he drops it. And then the rain gutter snaps and he falls. And they're just like, Ugh, well, good riddance. <laughs> you know, because he didn't drink the potion. Fuck him. Yeah. But he falls through this uh, like stained glass window into the pool so he survives and escapes and they're like shit what are we gonna do now like like we have to have him to repair us you know like what if it chips what if it rains yeah and they're like um i'll paint your ass you'll you'll paint paint mine (laughs) and they're like yeah we'll just do that forever they're like yeah forever (laughs) oh oh, shit (laughs) they're like oh no yeah and then it flashes forward another 38,000 years. Seven years, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're at Ernest's funeral. Mm-hmm. And we get to see that he did live to be a, a, a very old man. Mm-hmm. And they're um, they're talking about his life after Madeline and Helen. They're not mentioning much about his life bef- before that. Mm-hmm. And, but, but they have all, all heard the tales of... Uh, the Living Dead oh, yes. in Beverly Hills. The Living Dead in <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> and Madeline and Helen are dressed all in black in these, like, veils way in the back. And they've, they're they just like, listen, um, oh, shit. I, uh, 
a little bit of my eye just like popped off. Like, do you have that spray paint? And they're like, yeah, okay. I guess it's at, it's at, at the car. So they wander out and they're just ha- having like a fight about like why they didn't bring the spray paint and why they lost it and stuff. And what they don't see is that the spray paint can is like on the stairs. And so Helen trips and falls and she's like dangling on the staircase and she's like, help me. And for a second, Madeline's like, hmm, maybe I should just push, 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 push you. And Helen just grabs her and they both fall and they're both tumbling down the stairs. And then they hit the, the ground and they just explode into like a million pieces. Oh, that's so good. And then their their heads <laughs> it's the heads for me. They just spin towards e- each other, and Helen just says, "Do you remember where you parked the car?" <laughs> and then end credits. That's it. Oh, it's such a good ending. You did a good job with the plot on that one. There's a lot of moving pieces in this movie. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. If they had kept the original script, there would have been a lot more. Too much. Well, yeah, I think. You. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Because it would have been three hours. Even the last like 20 minutes of this is just like boom, 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 one thing after another. Oh yeah. 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 So it's yeah. It's wild. Well, because the or, or, original ending had Helen and Madeline in Switzerland, I think, mm-hmm. and they still look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of how they look at the end of the final cut, where they're yeah. all like a mess, you know. Sure. And they run into Ernest and his 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 wife, and they've gotten much older, but they look so much happier. Yeah. And Helen and and Madeline are just like, where do you want to go next? Like, do you want to go back to Europe? And she's like, no, I've already been there. Like, let 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 let's go here. And they're just really bored. Yeah, it's like they look great, but their life is just meh. Sure. So I guess the moral was going to be like, you know, who really wants eternal youth because they would get boring and old. Right. It's like who? But it's like the tone would have been weird for the rest of the movie. You it would have. Like, and yeah, there's always a question of like who, who's really the winner here at the end is it i mean yeah, yeah the guy like you know he he went and i guess it had a happy ending to some degree but at the same time mm-hmm. like i don't know he still died you know he's still dead at the yeah. end like so you know they exactly. they lived on uh so who's mm-hmm. who who wins and who loses that's always the sort of the question and to them they don't seem to give a shit about the fact that he had you know he had joy in his life because it was a short life so who gives a crap you know it's just like different priorities I here i think the real winner is liesel yeah, she still so. has that bomb ass castle. She still looks great. Yeah, and looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Who does her work? That's and what so I don't know. Throws yeah. those great parts. Yeah, really. Yeah. really? Yeah. I'd like to know. Well, see, she didn't get killed, so she probably just looks. That's fine true. She by probably herself. Just like, yeah, that's the caveat. Yeah. Like, if they would have taken care of their bodies like they were supposed to, like they'd be okay. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Instead of getting this miracle fix all, maybe it is a commentary on plastic surgery and mm-hmm. how if you just maybe moisturize a bit more, you can age fairly decently yeah, gracefully yeah. instead of trying to get this like one size fits all fix up yeah that'll leave you looking like a monster sometimes right it's it's so hard and it's like i feel for the actresses in hollywood because it's like and they yeah. do that because they're not getting cast anything anymore and it's like they feel yeah. like they have to do that but at the same time it's like yeah mm-hmm. if, it, if it goes wrong then you, you look like meg ryan and you can't even tell it's meg ryan anymore. yeah and it's you know it's, oh god lover yeah. yeah it's sad it's just a, a weird situation it's it's more of a problem with our society as a whole but you know it's always mm-hmm. been that way the, the I, value I in youth, so and, youth and beauty man yeah 
Yeah, it's not really all it cracked up to be. I mean, I think a- actors only well they should only get better as they as they age because they have more experiences to draw from yeah, as yeah. actors and they meet more kinds of people to you know. And most male actors, it's like they still of. cast into their you know fifties or whatever, oh, yeah. even beyond. But it's like mm-hmm. actors, it's still. I think it's gotten a little better, but still not as. Yeah. It's, it still just seems like there's so much work. And, uh, and that's not even taking into consideration like diversity and everything else in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, Hollywood, you still got a lot of work to do. Go watch this you do. brilliant satire and, uh, learn something exactly. from it. Right. <laughs> if they watch death becomes her, they'd save time. <laughs> There's a formula, a very simple <laughs> formula, <sighs> which we don't know what that formula is, but it must be very it good. It must be very that good because it keeps you looks... young forever. Yeah. I bet that potion tastes delicious. It just looks like it would be refreshing. It looks good. You know? Yeah. 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 It's like a... Tastes like a Snapple or something. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I only did Snapple flavored youth. Yeah. yeah. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> wow. Seems good. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. This good is time. like one of my favorite movies. It just always makes me happy. It makes me laugh. It was in laugh. your like, yeah, top five for uh, non-horror. Oh, so that yeah. was good. And it's still very horror adjacent. So yes. <laughs> Maybe because I'm a misandrist or whatever the fuck they said. What? <laughs> misanthrope. <laughs> I'm a misanthrope. Yeah. A oh misanthrope. AKA a person who dislikes humankind and avoids human society. There we go. <laughs> See, you learned something on this uh, on this podcast today. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why we do it, right? <laughs> Educational podcast. Here. Yeah. We like to educate. Yeah. All the children About in the world. what? I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, that's... who knows? The f- filmography of Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, apparently. That's but, yeah. right. That is right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, it's so good. I, I really hope they know that this film is beloved. I would hope and so. I think it's it's gonna it's gonna be one of their films that's gonna outlast. I think so. A we, lot of them. You know, we yeah. talk about when we talk about She Devil, like these performances mm-hmm. by Meryl are more iconic, at least to us, than Definitely. some of her other ones. Yeah. I ain't yeah. watching out of Africa. Let me tell you that. <laughs> no, I no. Thank you. I don't. I don't need to see that again. I don't. I'm good. <laughs> it's it's a it's a bit of a slog. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. And I saw Doubt Oof. once. I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. I doubt. I, I doubt I'll ever watch it again. again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's my blurb for the DVD box. <laughs> exactly. But like this and She Devil and Devil Wears Prada. Like I'll watch those any day. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, if they're on TV, I'm going to sit down and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're that good. They really are, yeah. You know, I think that is the mark of a great film. If it's on TV and it's in, like, the middle of the movie and you still want to sit down and watch it, that's a good movie. Absolutely. What was the most recent one for me? I was on vacation and it was, like, My Cousin Vinny was on. And I was like, I got to sit here and watch My yeah. Cousin Vinny. You know, it's you like, just got to watch it's it. It's My Cousin Vinny. Oh, my you cousin have to Vinny. watch it. It's, yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it's true. Yeah, yeah. The, the classics you know. quality I don't know. indeed yeah indeed cool uh well good uh halloween season pick here and uh yeah it's our officially wrapping up this month and uh yes yeah um well uh you know we didn't tell our regular listeners but uh i guess we can tell you you guys what we're doing for next month oh we can this is uh, this just in yeah this Ooh. is breaking news on the almost toot, hotel toot. yeah <laughs> get the like the we bats got the fresh scoop for you <laughs> gum <Yeah>. shoe <laughs> you sound like what's her face in uh 
uh, oh god, now I can't even think of name names of movies. So never mind. It's uh, the, the the Coen Brothers one from the early nineties. Oh, um, uh, the Hudsucker Hunt, Hunt, Hunt Proxy. Pro- what a fucking weird Proxy. name. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jennifer in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Come uh, on, Saka. Don't you want to know the big old scoop? <laughs> it's true. Uh, but yeah, what are we? What are we news for you in November? Family thrills, Mom. Thrills. Ooh. It's going to be wonderful. It gives me the shivers just thinking about it. Because mm, we're talking about families <laughs> that are a little dysfunctional, which you know we love a dysfunctional family. We do, and we love some cutthroat women, and there are a lot of cutthroat women mm-hmm. in these movies. So, Oh, a lot great. of cutthroats. Someone might be cut up with a falling greenhouse at <laughs> some point. That's a little clue for our first picture. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Seriously, it's going to be a fun month because be a lot of great, great movies and yeah. uh, good people trying to fuck up a family dynamic, which mm-hmm, we can't mm-hmm. seem to get enough of. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't know what that says about us. I, I think mean, we need a psychiatrist to well, it's just weigh the, in on the fa- that. Usually the family's already fucked up and they're just in denial yeah. about it. And then this other outside right. figure comes in and just exposes how mm-hmm. fucked up it is. So, you know, who's the real yeah. villain here? You know, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Certainly not Miss Rebecca De Mornay. Not, it's not going to be her. Not Rebecca. She's an icon. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it'll be fun. I can't um, wait. And uh, we got a great uh, camp pick lined up for next month too. We and, do. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll see. You'll you'll see. You know. We, you yes. know. If you're our, you'll see everything. If you're one of our cult of Isaac members, you you have seen it already. But otherwise, you'll you'll find. That's out. right. And uh, yes. But thanks for following us on Patreon and supporting us for many months now. We Some sure of you. Thank you. Some of you have supported us for like a year on there, so that's wonderful. Yeah. What is wrong with y'all? Yeah, Seriously, that's amazing. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Why would you? <laughs> we thank you. Yeah, but we thank you very much. But like, like look why? at your life choices. <laughs> <laughs> you could be buying some like Scream Ray release, so we, we appreciate it. Yeah. Scream Ray. I always say that. Scream, Scream, Scream Ray. Factory. Scream Factory. Scream Ray. Scream Ray on Blu-ray. That, that should be a company. It should be. You know what? We should open a company <laughs> and put out Ray. stuff like First Wives Club yes, and the Stepford Wives. Scream Ray. Coming to Scream Ray. <laughs> I'd be down for it. Have a good Halloween, you know, if you listen to this before Halloween. So. Oh, yes. Eat candy. Have a good Halloween. Make good Halloween choices. Make good choices, as Jamie Lee Curtis would, yeah. Curtis would say. Yeah. And uh, watch out for trauma. And trauma. That trauma around every corner, you know. It's coming at you. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>